Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanut Travel Podcast, episode 470. There is a correlation between the type of vacation you choose and your personality, which that seems to make some sense. For example, introverts are more likely to choose this type of vacation, while extroverts are more likely to choose this other type of vacation. And when I say type, I want you to think of a place that you would go. So try to guess what those are, and I'll let you know in just a moment. All right, so back in the day, I didn't even know slow travel was a thing. Did you have, like, did you ever think of it? Not really, no, because you get one to two weeks of vacation and you take them. That's what you do. The end. Yeah. The only people I knew who were quote unquote slow travelers were people who were either studying abroad for months or people living abroad. Now I know them as expats. They're not exactly travelers. But now it's so much easier to do that with people being able to work remotely. And it's even possible if you want to get your degree because you have amazing online learning programs like Oregon State's eCampus. You're able to earn a degree while traveling abroad. And I will tell you, it is much easier if you're so slow traveling. Absolutely. We've learned that over the past eight years, for sure. Yeah, we haven't earned our degree abroad, but we have worked abroad. And man, it is tough to do multiple things at once when you're fast traveling. Oregon State's eCampus is now ranked fourth. Woohoo! Fourth. Moved up a few spots. Uh, and the U.S. News and World Report rankings, and they have over 80 programs that they offer. You can find it all out at ecampus.oregonstate.edu slash peanuts. So if you do check it out, remember, go through our little link there. That's ecampus.oregonstate.edu slash peanuts. And we get some love over from, do you remember the mascot of Oregon State? Oh my gosh. No, I forgot. It's an animal. It starts with a bee. Oh, the beaver. The beavers. Yeah. Sorry, I was not thinking of that at the moment. <laughs> ecampus.oregonstate.edu slash peanuts. Lightning struck in an open plain And we forgot this old city's name See your breath on window pane Let's just talk till it strikes again On my way through I saw you on my way All right, Heth, putting you on the spot. Introverts are more likely to take what type of trip? Where, where, like a place that they would go? Well, I would think a place that's calm with not a lot of people. So maybe to the mountains. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> okay, a mountain vacation. Okay. Now, extroverts, where would they want to go? I would assume cities. Okay. Or uh, perhaps if you're thinking of, you know, something like mountains, it would be a beach because beaches can ding, be ding, crowded. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding. All right. Heth got them both. Mm. Yes. They say introverts are more likely to go to mountain destinations and extroverts are more likely to go to the beach and coastal destinations. I, I like you. When I first read it, I was, you know, thinking ahead and I was like, oh, cities for, for extroverts because yeah. you're on a lot of people. But yeah, the mountains. So today we are talking about slow travel because... We, for the first time, I would say, actually took a legitimate 
slow travel experience over the winter, the beginning of 2021, January, February, and March. We did three months, almost three months, little under in Costa Rica. And unlike other trips we've taken before, we, when we said Costa Rica, it didn't mean the whole of Costa Rica. It essentially meant one town. And then we, we took some day trips off of that basically, but we spent about three months, full months in the town of Tamarindo. Yes. And the only other time we spent a significant amount of time somewhere other than when we lived in Japan was when we were in Thailand. We spent a month in Chiang Mai and then we did a couple of weeks on down on the islands. But yeah, this is the longest time. And I, I have to say that I have always been for slower travel. But you, on the other hand, have always wanted to hit every single possible destination within like a 100 mile radius, even if it's a whole other country. For example, when we took your parents to Croatia, which is my favorite country, you wanted to go to Croatia. You wanted to go to um to Bosnia. So, to Bosnia. You I wanted, wanted to, to go, go to Slovenia. Slovenia. You I was like, to maybe go- we can go to Montenegro, <laughs> which we did for half a day. Then I yeah. thought maybe even Albania. And yeah. I was actually trying to play with Belgrade and right. throwing Serbia in there. And we didn't. This was a 10-day trip. So that trip, when we we had wit already, he was like 18 months and I was, you know, like six months pregnant with Hattie. We did an 10-day trip. It was exhausting. It was, I was, when we left that trip, I said that I would never do a trip like that again. <laughs> And to be fair, we haven't to well, yet. No, and that's also because the whole of 2020 was spent not traveling. Uh, semantics, semantics. That's because <laughs> of global pandemic. But yes, I, I, when you say that I want to, you are right. I do want to see all those places. I also want to slow travel. So there's obviously a bit of an Quite, internal yes. struggle uh-huh. going on there. Because I, I see the value, and in today's show, we want to unpack some of the pros and cons of, of slow travel, and then really just tell you about our experience and allow you to see how this might play into into your travel lifestyle, because some of you may have kids, some of you may not. Um, that's fine. It's not just people with kids slow travel, and it's not if you have kids, you have to slow travel. But that has been one of the the things that has changed our travel lifestyle Absolutely. and our speed. And you don't have to just be a digital nomad or work remotely in order to do slow travel, although that is Yeah, you could be independently easiest. wealthy. Yeah, you could be. You could be retired. <laughs> yes, you could. But uh, now having gone through the whole of 2020 and now we're getting closer to the other side of coming out of this pandemic, a lot of people, as we've mentioned in our other podcasts, will have more time to travel, I think, because they've gotten this experience of working remotely and hopefully can continue to do it at least some of the time so that they can enjoy life more. I think that there's a shift now with people knowing the options available to them with working that they can hopefully do some more remote, maybe not the whole of the year remote, but if you can work and travel. And when we used to travel before, we came up with this idea, which we weren't the first people to ever do this, but we actually when we were in Chiang Mai, Thailand, somebody told us, it's much easier to batch your work and do all of your work before you travel and then go and travel for travel's sake. So that's kind of what we had been doing right over the past eight years. Yeah, we have been trying to do that since we heard that strategy. Usually we were following the 80-20 rule and you know that was saying essentially when we were home, all right, let's try to get 80% of the work done, especially the big picture stuff that that takes a lot of energy or or just space or time. 
And then when we were traveling, it was like, all right, let's do 20% of the work, kind of the stuff to keep it afloat, right? And that's how I looked at, like, move the business forward when we were at home and we had our office and we had maybe some more, uh, quote unquote, like normal days. And then we were traveling, like, all right, what can we do to to just spend most of our time traveling and do the bare minimum? And it, and it works and it, and it was good. Um, what we found is that and I would say we did that a little bit in Costa Rica. Now we did more work than maybe 20%, but we certainly did less than usually when we're home. And slow travel allowed us to do that because had we been in Costa Rica for two weeks, it would have been that feeling of let's go, 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 or, or we only have 14 days. You better get 10 days of surf lessons in, right? And because we kept extending it, it allowed us to just push everything further down the timeline and not have to take every day and fill every day with as much to do as possible, whether that be activities or whether that be work. Right. I think it's when people think of slow versus fast travel, there are some obvious pros and cons, but let's go down this list a little bit because we might have different thoughts, maybe from each other, but also from some other common misconceptions. Let's start with the cons of slow travel, right? Let's kind of get like get the bad news out of the way. And, and for some people, this might actually not be a con. It's all relative. But the big one to me is that when I'm going, especially to a new area, for example, in Costa Rica, right? Mm-hmm. Or the trip you mentioned when we went to Croatia, we had been to Croatia before, but it's a different part of the world than we're used to, than where we live. I just look at a map and my eyes get really wide and think, wait, we're only six hours from this. We're only eight hours from this. We're only two hours from this. It's almost like a kid in a candy shop type thing. So for me, one of the, the toughest parts about slow travel is that I have to rein in the desire to see things that when I'm sitting at home in America seem so far away, but now that I'm in this new place are actually kind of at my fingertips and feasible. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's a con in a way. You You see less stuff, of course. But I have found that when we do slow down, we can enjoy that experience a little bit more while immersing ourselves in the culture. So that's kind of the positive part of slowing down. But another con to me is that when you travel for a long period of time, couple of weeks to a couple of months, you are away from your friends and family, like your community at your home base. And so for me, that's the biggest struggle of slow travel because I'm really close with both my family and Travis family. And I like to see them a lot <laughs> and I really miss them when we're gone. So, I mean, hopefully in the future, if we continue, when we continue to slow travel and it's safer for people to travel, we can get some family and friends to come visit us on one of these slow travel if we're gone for three months and plan it out. But yeah, for me, that's a big con of being away from our community at home. The only other thing I can think of that's a bit of a downside to slow travel is if you, for whatever reason, do plan way in advance and you book something, and we know that most things in the travel world are you know, you can, you can cancel and you can get out of, you can work your way out. But let's say you, and we've never had this happen, but let's say you said, all right, I, I, this is where I really want to go. I'm going to book an accommodation for three months here. I'm going to, I'm going to really bunk in. I'm just going to take day trips. I'm not going to travel around a lot. And I'm going to be, um, let's say responsible and book ahead of time. And you get to a place and it's not what you expect, or it's, you know, it's more boring or the, the accommodation isn't as good. Now, you know, that could be a downside. 
if if you find yourself in a spot and for whatever reason you're hemmed into a three month period there or a two month period there, um, we do know there's a lot of ways to get out of that. You know, there's a lot of ways to negotiate out of that, and ultimately, probably the only thing you're giving up is money if you if you either break a lease or, or leave an Airbnb or anything like that early. Um, but that's the only other downside I could really think of because ultimately, slow travel is a very positive experience and has been a positive experience for us. Another con that I'm just thinking of is it is a little bit harder to plan. As you mentioned, you know, if you book an accommodation or something and then it's a lot more work involved in, in slow travel, especially if you are a family and you have children and say you do need to work. And so you need to set up some type of childcare wherever you're going. So when you are thinking about slow travel, it's, that could be a little bit challenging. So for us, when we went to Costa Rica, you know, we knew people who were there and who lived there and we went on Facebook groups. And so we knew that we would be able to find childcare before we went. So I think you have to be a little more intentional of where you're choosing to go, especially if you have family. And if you're just a single person or a couple or, you know, you can literally go anywhere and you don't really have to worry about that because you can just fly by the seat of your pants a little more, which we used to do as well before we had kids. But when you travel as a family, there's definitely a lot more planning going in if your kids are in school or if you need help with childcare. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into a little bit of strategies, maybe, maybe like slow travel success strategies in just a (laughs) second, but let's hit some of the things that we have seen as pros of slow travel. Well, for me, the number one pro is that you can really relax. You can enjoy the space that you're in and you can connect with the people there. You can connect with the culture. You can connect with individual people and just get more of an experience overall. Yeah, I think the biggest one for me is that day to day, I'm not in my head thinking, oh my gosh, if you don't go out and surf today or if you don't go out and do this activity or, or go to this restaurant, like you're going to miss it because you have a limited window. Now, even if you're slow traveling, now, so, I mean, there are people who slow travel in the, indefinitely in a place, but let's say you do have a timeline um, and it is two months per se. You do get, I, I found myself even getting to a point in the last week or two where I started to feel that crunch again of, uh oh, man, I want to go to my, my favorite restaurant again. I want to make sure, and I want to make sure I get everything in. But you also then, instead of feeling that way the whole time, you had, I had a whole month and a half, two months on the front end to be able to relax, as you mentioned, which sometimes for me when we're traveling is hard to do because I do want to make sure I'm you know, in the name of research, eating at all the restaurants sure. and then going back to them and, and trying every possible thing and not missing anything. I have a lot of FOMO a lot of times. Yeah, you, you certainly do. And I mean, you can find amazing places in every single country of the world, but it's not our goal to go to every single country in the world. So I just shift my mindset to thinking, okay, we're here to experience this place. There's a lot to do. There's no way, when we went to Costa Rica, we didn't even see, I mean, maybe we saw a tenth of Costa Rica. You know, we stayed pretty much in one place and like Trav said, did day trips from there. And there's a lot more that we would like to see maybe on another trip. But I just, it was such an amazing experience being settled. Yes, I think settled is the right word. Uh, another big pro is that it can save you a lot of money um, in, in a multitude of ways. One, 
accommodation costs are going to go down if you book a place for three months. Anywhere in the world, if you're booking for three months versus a week, people are going to give you a better deal because you know we own Airbnbs. You guys understand the economies of it, right? You love to have someone in for three months if they're a good tenant and it, it gives them, it gives you stability as an owner. It also gives you stability as a renter. Oh, cool. I mean, as we were in Costa Rica, every time we re-upped our thing, we, we did it monthly, we asked for a little bit better of a deal and they knew we were a good tenant. So then we just kept getting it cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So you save accommodation costs. You also save a lot on transportation costs because you're not hopping on a flight every five days or a train or, or bumping bus, around in a renting bus. cars. I mean, we still rented a car, but, but we only also, for the last month out of yeah, the three. Mm-hmm. We, so yeah, we were in a place where you could walk everywhere, which is why we chose that location. And so other than wanting to get out and explore, we didn't even need to rent a car. So you, usually for us, we'll cook in more, um, inside, you know, in the house, cause we have a whole, you know, we're not going to eat out every day for three months. So that saves us some money. We also start to find what restaurants we like, what restaurants have good deals. So, you know, there are a lot of ways that you save money, slow traveling. And I think those are two of the biggest things is like settled feeling, the relaxed feeling, the saving money. And I think the third, and you touched on this is really getting to feel like when you leave that place that that you know it. Yeah, definitely. And I just want to throw a little thought in here, which is a whole other podcast, but maybe some of you out there are thinking, wow, you guys left for three weeks and you could potentially spend less money in three weeks than you would at home, depending on what country you go to. Now we didn't in Costa Rica because the cost of living is pretty much the same there as it is in the U S but we rented our home while we were in Costa Rica. So that is an option. And I think that we should probably discuss, you know, the pros and cons of that and our experience renting out our homes while we travel, because that gives you a great opportunity to spend more time in another place. Yeah. The only way we really feasibly could spend three months there without running through a ton of money was that and we'll we'll just give you a little bit of backstory. We wanted to go in January. So we left our house in December 18th and said to our property managers, Hey, can you put it up for Christmas? Let's see if it rents. If it does, we'll then go to Costa Rica in January and hope that it rents a little bit in January. And it did. And then we actually started getting bookings before we even left for Costa Rica in January for the month of January. So we're like, this is cool. Then we realized that January was all booked except for two days. So when we were there in January in Costa Rica, we said, Hey, open up for February. If we start getting any bookings, we'll stay booked up the whole month. In February, we did the same thing. Hey, open it up for March. See if we get any bookings. Open it up, got bookings. And so for us, it was playing it a little bit based on how it was renting and it was renting for us. So essentially, we didn't spend money on accommodations. We actually made money renting our house here and paying for accommodations down there. So that's a great point. There's a lot of ways nowadays to to figure out creative ways to save money and to ultimately have a, vac- a vacation or, or a trip somewhere else where, where you're not losing money, you might actually be right. gaining it. And another point to that is that this would be a, co- a, a pro, sorry, of slow travel is you might be thinking it's hard, it could be hard to rent your house. Like we were renting our house short term. It's our beach house. So obviously there's a high demand for people wanting to rent a beach house. However, if you wanted to rent it long term, if you know you're going for one, two or three months, then you could find somebody in your house 
for that whole time. Instead of it being these short-term type situations, you might be more likely that you could find somebody coming and wanting to spend a month at your home because of their work, whatever, what have you. I mean, we've rented a lot of houses. We own multiple Airbnbs and we know even our house in the suburb of Phillies, which is not, you know, a high destination place for people to want to come and visit and vacation. We have found long-term renters in there for months at a time. So it's possible pretty much wherever you live, I would say. Yeah. I think the, the last pro would be, and we've touched on this is if you have to work or go to school or anything that, that, has you leading a quote unquote normal life. And by that, I mean, daily you have responsibilities that have to happen. Slow travel is, I'm just going to say infinitely easier than fast travel. We have tried to build a business and work while fast traveling. It is hard enough that we just decide not to do it. Yeah. It it just is. We couldn't sustain it. If you're going somewhere every three days, four days, it's enough work to just figure out where you're going next, what trains you got to get on, how you're going to get there, get in, get settled into your new apartment, where you're going to eat, let alone then saying, well, I'm going to try to work an eight hour day or, or, you know, kids are going to school or anything like that. So man, slow travel. If you're in a situation where you have these responsibilities that where you essentially say, well, I'm going to live somewhere, be somewhere else, but I I kind of have to do day-to-day stuff, normal everyday stuff. It's it's a no brainer. Like slow travel is the way to go, yeah. and we're just telling you that <laughs> from from a lot of experience trying to do it the other way. Yes, and speaking of having kids or family travel, the educational experience of taking your kids to another place in another culture is just astronomical. Because we were in Costa Rica for three months. And we didn't even put our kids in language school because, you know, when we first went, we decided to go for only one month and then we kept extending. In the future, we want to be more intentional about planning out our trips if we're going to go somewhere for three months, knowing that we really enjoyed it. I want our kids to take language lessons. I want Travis and I to take language lessons. I mean, especially if it's in a country that speaks Spanish, which is a language used all over the U.S. and would be a great skill to have. So learning other languages is a really good top priority to have. And when you're immersed in a culture, it's way easier. Even Hattie was just starting to say her first few words and was saying hola to people. You know, it's just an easy word to say, I understand. But Well, they both now call water <laughs> agua. Yeah. They won't say water. Yep. They only say agua. So, Mas you know, agua, por favor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Wit obviously caught on to a couple more phrases, but being intentional about maybe getting language lessons, meeting people from other cultures and places. We met a family. um, Obviously, we met people from Costa Rica, which was great. We also met a family from Argentina who we still FaceTime with and WhatsApp. And the children, like Wit, made a best friend who only speaks Spanish. This three-year-old did not speak English really at all. And so... I just think that that was really a good experience for Wit, and it made him more comfortable with other people. It also, this family had older children who did speak English, and being around them gave Wit more confidence. They helped him learn how to swim. I mean, we tried to get Wit swim lessons with an instructor, and he screamed and cried. But then when he was in the pool with these older kids, you know, they're helping him learn how to swim. Now I know that could happen even at home. It of could, course, but, but 
it couldn't happen during fast travel. And here's no. why. The first couple weeks we were there, we had a pool right outside our door in this condo complex. And he, as Heather mentioned, wouldn't take swimming lessons. He was running away from the instructor. He wouldn't really like listen to us about what to do. But, you know, about three weeks in, he, he just started seeing the other three-year-old and saying, I want to I want to dive like Pedro. I want to swim like Pedro. And, you know, so over time, he's watching this, watching this, watching this, watching this. And then by week four, he's starting to do more. And then week five, a little more. And week six, a little more. And so it, it, it takes time. And have we been fast traveling? We've been there a week, you know, and then moved on to somewhere else and then moved on somewhere else. I don't think he would have felt comfortable because it would have been a new pool. It would have been new people around. It would have been new this or that. And so for us, man, two and a half, three months there, to see the growth in the kids and how they kind of started coming out of their shell because they were also relaxed and the word that Heather used, the word of the day, settled, was was pretty magical. So Yes. And, you know, we're talking a lot about kids' education, but even as adults, there's a lot we can learn as travel is one of the greatest teachers and educators out there for, you know, having more empathy and for other cultures and for other people and just, you know, the whole idea of making the world a more compassionate place. And that's travel. That's what travel does. And it's just incredible when you can experience it over a slower travel experience rather than, okay, we're going to this city. We're here for two nights. Then we're moving on, moving on. You don't make those relationships and you don't make those connections doing that. Yeah. To wrap this show up, for you guys. We want to give you our experience. We want to talk about what it was like for us and kind of give you some of the pros and cons. But I think one of the beneficial things we could do here at this give some strategies for slow travel. Now, remember, we are not slow travel experts. <laughs> we told you this is the first real slow travel. I would say legitimate slow travel. I, I would have considered Thailand for a month slow travel and I still do. So that was like a, a halfway there. This is our first real experience, especially our first experience with, with the kids. But we've learned a lot and we've also learned a lot from fast traveling and saying, oh man, it would be better if we did this. So some of the things that, that I think we can do for slow travel, I mean, one is definitely if you have someone if you can get someone who has personal experience in the area you're going to, whether that means they live there now, whether that means they've been there, you know, someone you trust. And for us, it was Jamie and it was great. Our friend Jamie lived in Tamarindo. And so when we were looking at places to go, we were asking all these questions because we knew we were going to go there for a month, but maybe even longer. And he really helped us. He helped us find someone who helped us find a good accommodation, but it was really nice to have someone on the ground who could give us a realistic idea of what day-to-day -day life is. Because when you are slow traveling, that's essentially what you're asking. What is day-to-day -day life like here? Not what is life as a tourist, as a one week coming through, but what's it going to be like for an extended time? And he was able to give that to us because he had been there for like five, six months. So highly recommend trying to find someone who has lived day-to-day a longer time in the area that you might be looking to go to because it's going to be a lot different than if you're talking to someone who's like, oh yeah, there I was there for like three days. It was awesome. Yeah, it, it could be awesome for three days, but it could be not great for three months. Yes. And I mean, awesome to have somebody you know on the ground that might not always be possible. So if that's not possible, researching and utilizing even Facebook. Now, I don't really go on Facebook on a personal basis every day. I, I just don't like to do it anymore. But 
Facebook groups, Facebook marketplace are great, great things to use for when you're traveling because you can find the Facebook group of the town um, that you're going to or the city that you're going to. They Tamarindo have, Chit Chat yeah. and Friends <laughs> or whatever that is called. Tamarindo, in fact, even had like just a female only group, which I was a part of. And that was really great. And, you know, to find things used for when you're traveling, I found a used car seat on there. And then I, when we left, we ended up buying another car seat because we needed two. We bought one new. I resold it when we left. So things like that. If you're staying for a long period of time and you are missing something, you could always try Facebook Marketplace first. Also, uh, we found our nannies, our babysitters from Facebook. And I would say that if you do your research and you meet people, then you should not be afraid to have somebody you trust watch your children in another country. I mean, we met these uh, two Costa Rican women and they were absolutely in incredible yeah they're the best and we are friends with them now and i completely trusted them with our kids and it was just seamless and easy that that really made our experience a lot better in costa rica because obviously we needed to, to work and when we did we had somebody that we trusted to watch our children so finding other places where you can do your research and get set up for this slower travel it's possible I, I want to give one or two more strategies for slow travel before you leave and, and why you're determining kind of all the things and then one for when you're actually there. The other thing I would mention is just be realistic with yourself of what your day-to-day -day looks like and what you want it to look like. You know, there's a lot of people who feel pulled to go to a certain place because, oh, my friends have gone here or they say it's awesome or, they, or I should be going here. But, you know, if you don't love the beach... Don't try to pretend that you're going to love the beach if you just need to go there for three months and kind of suck it up, right? Or, or anything. And this goes for travel as a whole. But what do you want? We knew and, and kind of make a list of, of non-negotiables, right? And we knew when we were going down to Costa Rica, what we wanted was warm weather, walkable, a beach. We we didn't care about really how much it costs. Like we didn't want the cheapest options. We wanted convenience and safety for our kids, and because we knew we had to work. So that was me being a lot more realistic with myself than maybe years past where I said, oh, we're going to go to Nicaragua because it's half the price. I knew that Nicaragua for three months could be fine, but we were going to have to give up convenience and easiness for price. And infrastructure. And infrastructure for price. So you know, just be realistic. Yes. I mean, we chose Tamarindo because it is a huge expat community there. I mean, so many, everybody speaks English. And again, I wish that I had maybe scheduled some language lessons while we were there, which next time I definitely want to do. But we knew that it would be easy because of there being so much infrastructure there for tourism and for expats and good hospitals and, you know, good Wi-Fi and grocery stores that are easy to get to. So we really went for the convenience factor because that was important to us for this particular trip. Yeah. Just know that slow travel and traveling somewhere longer. And this sounds like common sense, but I could see people messing it up. I could see myself messing it up. <laughs> the things that you might get annoyed at if you're going through a place for a couple days, five days, and all the Wi-Fi is not great and this and that, and that you can deal with are going to be exacerbated 
if you're there for a month or two months or three. So just know what are your non-negotiables, know what you need. We knew we needed good internet. We knew we needed an extra bedroom to have as an office, like things like that, because we were going to work. And so write those out ahead of time. And then if a place doesn't fit into that criteria, you have to ask yourself, am I willing to give up whatever the it doesn't whatever criteria doesn't fit for this so just be realistic about yes. it ahead of time this is a good life tip for all things is to manage your expectations so at first you have to create those expectations and then you need to make sure that you're hitting what you need and if you can't that you're comfortable with it before you go because then that will give you a much better experience and outcome yeah the other piece of advice before you go that's very similar to this is just be okay with a place being easy. This was hard for me. <laughs> um, oh, I'm going to Tamarind. Oh, people say it's too touristy. Oh, man, we're independent travelers. Some people might not care about all this, but this was going through my head. And when all my friends said, oh, yeah, like Tamarind, like a few of them who I will remain nameless and we're doing this out of love, <laughs> like, oh, you're going to Tamarindo? Like, okay, have fun. It's really over touristed. You know, you should consider boom, boom, boom. And I said, I started to feel that way. Like, oh, really? Just like, this is so easy. I'm taking mm -hmm. the easy way out. And then I got there. I thought, yeah, this is what I want. Yeah. I want easy. Yes. This is perfect. So again, that's kind of knowing yourself and knowing your non-negotiables, but also realizing that with slow travel, it's okay to not push your quote unquote comfort zone every day because you are trying to lead what is a more normal life than a life of someone who is fast traveling through yes. an area. And also we chose Tamarindo because it is very family friendly and we met a lot of other families there, which is really incredible when you're traveling to connect with other people who have children for your children to play with and to learn from, as we mentioned before. Yeah, the last strategy I would give, and this is when you're on the ground, is try to like make local connections as quick as possible because no matter where you are, whether people say, oh, this is so touristy, I can't believe you're here, there's local people and there's ways to see other parts and different sides of any area. And Heather mentioned we did this... Uh, before we even got there to a little bit of a degree um, with finding our nannies and starting to talk to them ahead of time. Also, we had Jamie on the ground. So he introduced us to a few people who had been living there longer. Um, you know, he helped us find our surf instructor, but then we also made some connections just, you know, kind of randomly, but because we were seeking them out the first couple of days. And that really just lets you see another side of that area. And the quicker you can get in with local populations and, and a few people, the better your experience is going to be, especially if you're going to be there for a long time, because you're going to want to start, you know, the few things that you go and do the first couple of days might start to get a little monotonous. That's where someone who really knows the town or really knows the area, it's like, oh, let me show you this, this is outside that no of, of this tourist area that no one really know. It's just great. And you have the time to do it when you're slow traveling, because it might take a couple of times to, to really form a relationship with someone that would be hard to do in a, in, in a couple of days. Yeah, definitely. So we basically can't rave enough about slow travel, having been fast travelers for a lot of years. And even when we put this post out on our Instagram, whether people preferred slow or fast travel, the majority of people said they preferred slow travel. And if they were fast close. traveling, it was like, it wasn't that right. Like it was like maybe 60, no, 40. I just recounted it. And you know, they're, 
this post didn't get a ton of comments. Sometimes we get more, sometimes we get less. But I would say of like the 15 people who commented, 10 of them were okay. for slow. And two people were like, oh, I like a middle in between that. And then some person was like, well, I fast travel, but that's only because I don't have the opportunity gotcha. to slow travel. So, so a lot of people wanting to slow travel. I think so. And thankfully in this new environment <laughs> with a lot of remote work, a lot of people getting that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm... I can put my hand up and say, I am a recovering fast <laughs> traveler. That is not to say you won't hear me admit on podcast in the future, okay, we plan to slow travel here and I got itchy feet and wanted to go, go, go because it still happened in Costa Rica. But this really shined a light on how amazing slow travel can be for me. It was one of the best trips we've ever taken and I am shocked at how at peace and relaxed I actually felt for two and a half months. Yeah. Staying in essentially the same town because we didn't even have a car for two months. So, I don't know. Turning over a new leaf. Yeah. A recovering Pretty fast incredible. traveler. Thank you guys for listening, for all the support as always. If there's anything you want to hear, if there's a show topic you want us to cover, please, please, please let us know. We're putting together our podcast schedule for the next couple months and we want to be able to record what you want to hear. So we're, we're putting that out to you. Uh, any topic ideas, just ping us on Instagram. That's probably the best way. Throw it on any, on the post. We're always reading the post. So if you have a topic idea, please put it in there. Um, we'll probably put out a little sticker maybe on Instagram stories. We'll start asking you guys yeah, for definitely. podcast ideas. So if you're not following us on Instagram at extra pack of peanuts, go and check that out. And uh, if you haven't left a review or rating it on iTunes, well, excuse me, Apple Podcasts. <laughs> um, go. Why is that a womp womp? Because I forgot. Oh. <laughs> uh, like I said iTunes. You're not supposed to say iTunes. It's Apple Podcasts. Um, go, please, if you can, leave a honest review or rating. Um, that's super helpful for us. Though, thank you guys for the support, as always. As always. And until next time. Happy free travels. Lightning struck in an open plain And we forgot this old city's name See your breath on window pane Let's just talk till it strikes again On my way through I saw you on my way On my way through I saw you And I'll see you again